championship under his leadership. It had never been done before. And this is an amazing feat. But one of the key players on the team, Dennis Rodman, was washed out. He had no desire to win. He had lost his focus. And so heading into the championship series, he was nowhere to be found. And then on game day, they were waiting for Dennis Rodman to show up to the game, and he never came. And in, instead, what had happened was that Dennis Rodman had bought himself a plane ticket to go from Utah, where they were playing, to Las Vegas, where he had spent two nights partying and drinking. So he had lost his drive. He didn't understand who he was in the team. He had lost his responsibility to be able to help this team make it to the championship and getting their sixth title. See, when you're not fully given over to what you're trying to achieve, you'll not be able to bring that thing to completion. He's not devoted to his team or to winning anymore, and so he lost his responsibility to the team. People are made to pursue what they're focused on. When we prioritize something, we throw ourselves into it. We have to devote ourselves to something to be able to bring it to accomplishment. And for believers, this should be our walk with the Lord. We have to be devoted and fully focused on our faith in order to pursue it with our whole lives. And when we're not like this, when we're like Dennis Rodman, who lost his focus and his drive, we'll lose our proper orientation towards the Lord in our faith. And often, this is what gets between us in being able to meet the Lord in prayer. What dries out our prayer lives, what hinders us from having a mentality on prayer is having a lack of being truly given over to the Lord in mind and in soul and in body. And this is what Paul is beginning to get at in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. And see, at this point in the book of Romans, Paul is writing to a church that is split between Gentile believers and Jewish believers who are disagreeing on how to pursue their faith in a mixed Jew and Gentile context. And so Paul, throughout the whole book, has been painting a picture of the gospel in light of Christ's righteousness. And he's written about the necessity for a new humanity in Christ because of our sin condition. And then he's talking about Israel's new covenant. But now in chapter 12, he's transitioning to the last part of this book. And that's how the church needs to function according to the unity of Christ. And so verses 1 to 2 that we're in tonight is setting the foundation for this unity for the church in Rome. Outlining how the church will be oriented towards the Lord. And he begins by saying that the church must be surrendered to him fully. Believers have to surrender every aspect of their lives. Community, faith, prayer to the Lord in order to bring about proper worship for him. So let's read these verses together once again. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, 
what is good and acceptable and perfect. So we see here that the point that Paul is beginning to make in this new section of the book of Romans is this. That our spiritual worship is a surrender of ourselves. We have to present ourselves fully as a living sacrifice to the Lord. And how do we do this? We do this by not being conformed to the patterns of the world, by being transformed through the renewal of our mind. And so tonight, we're going to be examining how this practically applies to our prayer. In our prayers, we have to be presented as holy and acceptable before God, as a true act of spiritual worship. And so let's begin by looking at verse 1, where Paul is centering his emphasis on this message. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. See, in the Greek, the verb that is used in the sentence, present, is literally written in the sense of a sacrificial offering that is presented to a god. It would be the same word that the Greeks would use to talk about presenting their sacrifices to their gods. It's a consecrated offering that is given up to a holy one. And so Paul is here writing that the church has to offer themselves up to the Lord using the language that the Jews in Rome would have understood in terms of their entire history their entire history of sacrifices, and Paul is calling them to do the same thing with their own souls instead of a lamb. So the requirements of these sacrifices, of the sacrifices of the Jewish temple, was that it would be utterly perfect, pure, holy. And yet it's a living sacrifice. And so instead of us having to sacrifice ourselves physically, we know that one has already done this for us. That Jesus Christ is the ultimate sacrifice, the lamb who has led to the slaughter and has died on behalf of all of our sins. And so now, it's a small thing that Paul asks for us to be able to sacrifice ourselves, spiritually, not physically, in response to Christ laying down his life for us. As Jesus came in all humility and on our behalf, Paul is writing that believers are supposed to echo his sacrifice by giving themselves up to the Lord in surrender. And this surrender must be holy and acceptable to the Lord. Paul writes that this is our form of spiritual worship. In the surrender of ourselves, we are acting in worship before the Lord God Almighty. So hear this. The Lord is magnified when we put aside our sinful selves. He's magnified when we step out of the spotlight and we elevate him and seek his face above any other thing. See, true spiritual worship seeks to remove oneself from the equation and lift up the name of the Lord above all other things. He's done the work of redemption. He's achieved victory for us. It's the righteous one who shall be praised for all of eternity. And so we are able to do this by giving ourselves over to fully worshiping him rather than ourselves who do not deserve it. And practically, we begin to consider this in our own prayer lives. It has implications for us that we have to pay attention to. When we pray, as an outflow of our spiritual worship, We have to be constantly lifting up our souls in a sacrifice to the Lord. 
We cannot come before him with a half-hearted response to the gospel. We can't come before the Lord in worship as a mediocre sacrifice of ourselves, apathetic, not fully devoted to him in all that we're doing. And yet this is what we so often do. We so often can come to times like this thinking about how we missed dinner or the conversations that we had in the day before or what is coming in the day tomorrow in that busy schedule that you're so worried about. That's normal, but this is not presenting yourself to God as a holy and acceptable sacrifice. When we approach prayer, we must be fully given over to the Lord, surrendered, sacrificed to worship him. See, prayer is a focused discipline. It's one that seeks to put aside all that is going on in our lives in order to truly ascribe glory to our king. And then Paul continues in verse 2 by talking about an outflowing of what verse 1 means. He offers the key steps to being able to consecrate oneself to the Lord. And this is through being separated from the world and being transformed by the renewal of our minds in Christ. So first, we'll look at not being conformed to the patterns of this world. See, in order to be transformed in our minds according to Christ, we must break ties with the world. We live in constant temptation of becoming like the world. We're prone to our wayward and sinful ways. Our hearts turn to the patterns of the world. Pride and gossip, slander, division, disunity, falsehood. And yet these are ways that we conform in our souls to the world, to the patterns and images of the culture around us. And these things creep into our lives. They can be subtle, but they tarnish our holy and acceptable presence before the Lord in Christ by making us unacceptable as we seek to present ourselves. So throughout scripture, there's a common theme of God actually choosing to not extend his ears to people who are not living in accordance to his will. People who are living in sin and unwilling to ask for forgiveness. John 9 says, We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. See, when someone is a worshiper of themselves, they're not able to truly understand God's will and purpose. Their mind has not been refined by the holiness of God. They're not living in Christ-likeness. And therefore, their requests before God are not coming from a holy root. Prayers lifted up from a hidden root of pride and selfishness inside of us are not truly worshipful to the Lord because they do not ascribe glory to him when answered. And so we have to be careful. We must be found being mindful of what we are presenting to the Lord when we pray to him so that we are found to be seeking the throne of grace above all things. We should desire to see Christ lifted up in our prayers rather than ourselves. And Hosea 6 clearly paints how this is supposed to look when he says, For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. 
And so again, even today, flee from being conformed to the patterns of the world. Heart, what unforgiveness you might be holding towards someone else and remove it from yourself before we come before the Lord so that you're able to truly approach the throne of the king in the righteousness of Christ, truly rejoicing in him, full of steadfast love for him who has died and done much for you. And finally, Paul writes about the opposite of being conformed to the world. He says, when we surrender ourselves to the work of Christ and give up our own desires to be joined to him, Christ's work will begin to change us. Paul writes that the believers in Rome must be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. See, this is the work of Christ in us. He has redeemed us by his blood and he begins to make us more like himself. We can't transform our own minds, but Christ in us transforms us to become more attuned to his holiness and more like his glorious self. So presenting ourselves to God will begin to orient us towards his holiness and we'll be able to pray out of a transformed mind that is refined by Christ. So when we pray, we ought to pray out of a changed mind that will seek Christ's will above our own. A transformed mind will lead us to rejoicing in the purposes of God. When we are aligned to his will, we will pray that his purposes will come about. And so again, as we enter into a time of prayer tonight, begin to center yourself on the will of God, on being able to see the Lord's purposes come about and not our own. Let him transform our minds to begin to complete what he will accomplish in us. Be filled with a joy in knowing that as we pray, we know that the Lord's will will be brought about. And his will, which will be brought about, is the most glorious and the most beautiful, the most lovely, pure, holy thing that can come about. And so as we center ourselves on the will of the Lord, as we give ourselves over to him in surrender, we pray boldly because we know that he has refined us in his holiness. 1 John 5 says, And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So as we pray, have the confidence that as we bring our request to the Lord, he listens to us. As we surrender ourselves to his will, he will answer our prayers that we ask because we know that his glory is the end to be achieved in all things. So as we wrap up this time, as we come before the Lord tonight as a body of believers, let us be surrendered to the Lord. Present yourselves as a holy and acceptable sacrifice to the Lord through your spiritual worship of prayer. Let distractions fall away. Confess what sin might be laying in your heart right now so that as you approach the throne of God, you're not conformed to the patterns of the world, but so that you might be transformed through the wonderful will of the Lord. Let's be transformed in our minds by the wisdom of Christ and a joy for his coming kingdom. And together, We rejoice now in the goodness of our Savior 
And we worship him by offering our own lives up in surrender in a wonderful exchange for the righteousness of Christ. So let's continue to worship him together now in one more song, The Price is Paid, 